This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. Welcome back to Amstigator. Right now you're listening to episode 43, and man, today you are in for such a treat. Now, I titled this episode, Don't Fit the Mold. Consider it a call to action, okay? Or maybe a call to inaction, really, depending on where you are on your personal journey, because that's the lesson you're about to learn. It's going to empower you and encourage you to break out of whatever structures don't seem to fit for you right now, even if those structures are self-imposed. Today, you're going to meet Elise McKnight. She's an attorney. She's actually my trademark attorney. In the episode, I share with you how I found her. It's a clip on Instagram too, by the way. So you can follow Amstigator there and you can see Elise in action. But when you listen to this episode, you're going to feel what it feels like to step out in faith. Elise quit her law firm job in 2019. Nobody supported her with that decision. They were afraid that she'd made the wrong choice. I mean, I get it. But even after she started her own firm, people in her circle were still sending her job postings for other firms. So she had to come to terms with the fact that she felt called to be a disruptor. She wanted to disrupt what it looks like to be an attorney or to be a business owner, and that that might be triggering for people. They may not understand it. They may be afraid, but she didn't need to take that on. Elise brought a lot of lessons in this episode, and one of my favorite things that she says is something that I've actually printed out, I've put up everywhere I possibly can, because every time I read it, I'm like, golly, that's good. She said, in order to become, I have to let things be. Isn't that powerful? And she was talking about the vision she has for her life and the realization that she cannot rush it. You know, when you see your future, You don't have to stress or overwork yourself to get there. You know that vision's on the way. You're supposed to just trust it. You're supposed to let things be. The real work is in allowing them to come at just the right time. In order to become, I have to let things be. So I absolutely love when people are honest about where they're struggling, and Elise goes into that today. I think you're really going to see yourself in this episode, because I know I certainly did. So who's ready, huh? This is Elise McKnight with the lesson, Don't Fit the Mold. Help me understand how you got to this place of being an entrepreneur, helping women, doing their thing, because you didn't start there. Mm-mm. So tell me the journey. It wasn't a journey I planned. <laughs> um, completely caught me by surprise. So when I passed a bar and I decided to you know, go into practice, I did what everybody thought a lawyer would do. You go work for a firm, you do criminal law, you do family law, civil litigation, all of those things. But I did not find that place of waking up and feeling happy and at peace with what I was doing. Were you dreading it? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But I just stuck with it because Mm. I was fitting into this mode of what an attorney looked like Mm. because that's all I knew growing up. I didn't see examples of an an attorney. I didn't know an attorney. So all I saw was what I saw on TV, which was they were in the courtroom doing criminal law and things like that. So I kind of stuck within that mode. 
And just over the years, I've also done bankruptcy. I've done personal injuries. I've been in a lot of different Mm. areas of law, and I did not find that place where I woke up and felt like I was in my purpose. And it got to the point, honestly, where I started to question if. Did you even do right? Yes. Should I be an attorney? Yes. Did I wait all of my life to be an attorney? Did I work so hard to? Did you spend all that money? Yes. And I'm like, okay, non-traditional legal careers. I remember them talking about that in law school. (laughs) And so that's where my mind started to go. And um, I got to a place where I quit my job in 2019. No plan, no idea what I was going to do. How many years had you been an attorney at that point? Seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I quit my job and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got some money saved up and I'm <laughs> going to take some time to figure out because I could no longer get up and go to a place where I was so unhappy in so many different ways. Yeah. And I it, I got back to the place where I remembered what I enjoyed most in law school. And that was intellectual property and business law. Mm. Um, I took a lot of entertainment law classes, so that's how I was introduced to intellectual property. And when I first graduated and passed the bar, I kind of did that like freelance mm. um, during the time I was clerking for a judge. And I was afraid to do yeah. entrepreneurship. I've never known anything about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it wasn't it, something that I saw. Right. That's what I was going to say. If you don't mm-hmm. see it, how do you know that that's an option or available to yes. you? Yes. And I only wanted to practice law. So owning a business was never a thought that crossed my mind. And so I started to process and think, well, maybe I can find a job that does where I can do intellectual property. And I did apply for a couple of jobs. I didn't do a massive job search because that's a lot. That's stressful. And I ended up meeting my current mentor, one of my current mentors, and she started her law firm. And she we are in the same um, space. And she talked to me. Um, She did some mentoring. She did some encouraging. She pushed me to just rely on my faith and encouraged me that or told me that in order for me to really find my place of happiness and do what I love to do every day is to create my own lane. And so that's Mm. how I started uh, my law firm. And I now get to serve the clients that I choose to serve, how I want to serve them and help them protect um, their intellectual property. I want to dig into overcoming fear to do that. Mm -hmm. Because like you had to overcome a lot to do that. Number one, like the you net you didn't see an example of it until you had this woman in your life of, mm-hmm. of actually building the kind of practice that you were even thinking about building. But you also had to make the choice to take the leap. Mm-hmm. Was it did it feel like the obvious answer or were you really reluctant to do it? Really reluctant. Even after I launched, I was still reluctant. I wasn't, I posted on my Facebook page that, hey, I, I launched this firm, but I wasn't working in my business. I Were you like, but I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything to bring in clients. I didn't really know what to do. Like, my mentor gave me some some tools and things, but you know, kind of how it's high level and not really like that one-on-one, this is what you, you have to do. Um, so I was still reluctant, and it took yeah. me... Maybe when the pandemic hit. Um, really? It, it took it took a while, maybe right before the pandemic hit, because the pandemic really hit March of 2020. So maybe around February of 2020, which was about four months after I officially launched, did I really start to say, okay, you're doing this. Like, yeah. this is your thing. And figure it out. And let's get to work. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a lot of encouragement. Mm. Um, honestly, and just to be really transparent, I didn't have a lot of encouragement to say, okay, you quit your job. You're going to be an entrepreneur. I support you. Let's do it. It was a lot of, 
are you sure you want to go for another mm. job? I've even had people, you know, sending job postings, you know, because they didn't, oh, wow. they wasn't encouraging the whole entrepreneur thing because for a lot of my like family members and such, entrepreneurship is foreign. Mm. All we saw was you get up, you go to work and you work for all of these years and yeah. then you retire. Yeah. So the, the thought of you're quitting your job and you're going to start a business, what does that look like? Yeah. And that, and there's insecurity there. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, be assured of success yes. in that. Like mm-hmm. collecting a paycheck, well, now I know I'm going to get paid every two weeks. The money hits my account this day. I can like rest in that. There's peace in that. There's like, there's no question about yeah. about how I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's scary. And mm-hmm. you had to step out in that. I yes. I have felt that even in my, in my own journey, you know, um, there are people in my life, I'm just going to keep this really vague, who... I, I mean, I would give anything for their support in this. Yes. Like, to me, Amstigator, this is purpose for me. Mm-hmm. I was called to start this project. I, I was called to have these conversations. And I know that. And yeah. and so, like, in my heart, I'm like, I don't need anyone's validation. Mm. But, damn, it would be nice yeah. to have just a little support yes. of someone who would say, I believe in you mm-hmm. and I'll do anything you need me to do to help. You know, what do you need me to do mm-hmm. to help make this possible for you? The truth is I don't need anything, but wow, support would be yes, nice. Did because you ever entre- feel that? Yes, entrepreneurship is hard. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And it takes a lot of learning. It takes adjustment. It takes giving up or fear. It takes you out of your comfort zone because you are in a space of uncertainty oh, all the so time. Much uncertainty. And, and every now and again, I would just love for somebody to say and genuinely mean it. I'm proud of you. Mm. I support you. This thing is going to blow your mind, right? (laughs) Like just some words of encouragement and affirmation because most days I need to hear it the most. I'm not Mm. asking you to understand it. Um, And oftentimes, well, I'm not going to say oftentimes, never am I asking you to fund it. (laughs) I'm just asking you to verbally support me and um, just stick beside me in that. And so that's so needed for me Mm. because I'm still, although this is year three, it's still unknown waters for me yeah. and I'm still I'm still swimming the tides and it's yeah. still hard every day you're learning something new every day there's always something yeah and just a little bit of encouragement and support I get it but sometimes I'm just like I need a lot more you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> I feel I I feel like you and I have had a similar experience of that because like I I am so, I don't I don't need anyone else I'm very very driven I can mm-hmm. do things on my own you know um, and you are that same like type A because I mean you're an attorney, right? Like so, there's precision there. Mm-hmm. Uh, things do have to be perfect. They do, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not just like oh, I would really like it if things would be perfect. No, they have to be right, or mm-hmm. you're exposing yourself to some real problems. Yes, and you can handle that. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be nice to have someone just tap you on the back? I'm here yeah. for you. Or coach, good game. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> High <Yeah>. five. <laughs> like, thank you. We need to be that for each other. Lisa, I'm yes. here for you. I'm, you're doing a good job. I'm do just going to text you an emoji. It's yeah. going to be a high five. We're be just like, going to do high this five, thing. High five, gal. Um, do you know how I found you? Have I ever told you how I found you? Like, um, A Google search is what, <laughs> what you said. Yes. <laughs> Well, it was this is this was my experience. Like I Google, I'm like, because it was my dad who said to me, you know, I'd been I'd created a word, Amstigator's a word that did not exist. I did mm-hmm. a Google search and I got zero search results. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Google doesn't even have any suggested corrections to this word I've just yeah. created. And I was like, oh. And I had said that to my parents, and my dad was like, You need to you need to get a trademark attorney. And I was like, 
oh, then the initial was, <laughs> how the heck am I going to pay for that? But then, but then, you know, more of it came, right? Like uh-huh. it came, like I was, uh, yeah, anyway. So I do a Google search. I'm like trademark attorney Nashville. And I'm like scrolling. I'm like, white dude, white dude, white dude, white dude. And then I saw you and I was like, her, her, she's, she's for me. And I like literally like that's exactly the, that was the experience. And mm-hmm. I just contacted you. I'm like, I need your help. Yeah. And then, and then I called you even after like I had set my time for like this was going to be our time. We were going to start working mm-hmm. through my trademark process, and and then I called you. I'm like, we need. I'm losing sleep. Like we need to start this process. You're like, okay, okay, we'll just start it even sooner. Yeah, yeah. But um, God, I mean, I'm just so grateful to you for like. Mm-hmm. I I feel like part of why I need to do this is uh-huh. to highlight people living on purpose. And mm-hmm. no matter how scary it is, like for what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're still operating on that plane you know you're still and it is unknown right Mm -hmm. like anytime we choose to be heart-centered or or soul-led you're stepping into the unknown yeah right like it's there's nothing yes there's some analytical nature to it because you're Uh running a business right like there there are checks and balances that have to go but like the the process like to step out that's Mm -hmm. from here Mm -hmm. you know and so anytime I see another woman operating from here I'm like Mm -hmm. her yeah, um, that's one of the things I say on my um, on my website about having crazy faith, yeah. and that's exactly what I lean on every day um, to get through this process. And you do it scared, yeah, because if you never do it, you'll always wonder. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm so big on is being accessible. And you is it's great that you mentioned your Google search, right? <laughs> you saw the same type of person, I was and like, then white you, dude, right, white right, dude. and I'm like, no, we women can do that too, right? There are women attorneys who can operate in this space, although our percentages are are less. But there are women attorneys who can operate in this space. And there are black women attorneys who can operate in this space as well. So uh, one of the biggest things for me is just being accessible to creatives because... Mm. It's hard to find attorneys, right? It's hard yeah. to trust attorneys. And oftentimes you only think you need an attorney when something goes wrong. And yeah. so I just want to be that attorney that says, let's be proactive so mm-hmm. that you don't have to be reactive. Right. Um, I'm really big on protecting the intellectual property of creatives because there's so many times um, you lose it. Um, somebody take advantage of it. And yeah. although this is a scary space for me, I know that it's also a scary space for my clients to make the investment or take the step mm-hmm. to even um, to hire an attorney. And I just yeah. want to be able to put my fear aside and just operate in faith. Tell me, like, what are the the typical ages of the people that, that end up coming to you? Mm-hmm. And then are they starting something, creating something? Mm-hmm. And um, is that how they find you? Mm-hmm. Um, so the... Average age range is somewhere between, I would say, like 30 and 40. Um, If I can give an average, it's literally right in the middle. Um, So a lot of these individuals are my peers, um, to be honest. And a lot of my clients are already in the midst of what they're doing. So I don't get a lot of uh, clients that are in the very beginning. Sometimes I do. Now I think it's becoming um, an equal balance because Mm -hmm. I think the message of protecting your brand from the beginning is ringing a lot more bells. But a lot of my clients starting out, they were already in their business. And I've even had to say, you might have to do a little rebrand. 
you know, you might have to, we we, we might have to do something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I don't like. I don't like having those conversations, which is why I push the proactive um, narrative versus, you know, the reactive. Um, But my clients, they find me on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know anything about the algorithm. I don't know anything (laughs) about marketing, Um, but they're finding me. And I also get a lot of referrals from my clients um, and colleagues. I have other attorney colleagues who refer individuals to me. So I don't really know anything about marketing. I don't know what it's doing, (laughs) Um, but, but they're coming. And I think that I have to just stay visible. Yeah. I'm not the best with social media. You know, I'm Who not cares? I'm not great like your social media. Your Girl. emails are amazing. Thank I, you. I read them because they're engaging and it makes me want to read them. And I'm like, okay, let me listen to this episode. Okay, I got to take a break right here and capitalize on this perfect opportunity. I got to tell you about my emails. If you're not already signed up, you don't know. So let me tell you. I give you a lot of stuff in those emails. I tell you the backstory of a guest. I'll share what makes them special. I'll often share extra clickable worksheets too and things that really are gonna help you with the subject matter from the episode. I see those emails as a way for me to speak directly to you, so I love that. I write the emails. I edit the episodes personally. I say what goes out on social media. I respond to those DMs, so hit me up. Just shoot me a note straight to me, to my email address. It's lauren at amstigator.com. Just say, hey, sign me up, girl. I wanna get your email and I'll get you in the system. Super easy. Okay, back to the episode. I I do feel like your marketing is spot on. Like just from like when I remember when I was reading your website the first time and reading through your emails, I was like, mm-hmm. she is speaking to me. Like that's marketing 101. Like you know who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Like she is who I need because you knew exactly what I what I need. I'm a creative. I'm creating something that needs to be protected. Uh, so you were speaking, your marketing and branding was on point from that regard. Mm-hmm. I think too, like, I think if I am an entrepreneur stepping out into the unknown, do I really want to go to someone who feels, I don't know, like they are almighty and they know more than me? No, I don't want to go to someone like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can trust them. And, mm-hmm. and do they even really understand what I'm going through? You know, when mm-hmm. you're in the unknown, you want someone to understand and walk the path with you. Yes. And that is one reason why I said starting my own law firm gives yeah. me the ability to practice law and serve my clients the way that I know they've been served because I've been the attorney yeah. in bigger law firms where the clients very seldom mattered. Like, yeah. they didn't matter. It's billable and, time, right? Yes, and you had such a large volume that you honestly did not have the time to give that care and attention. And it's so funny. 2020, I had a young lady reach out to me, and that was one of the things that she said. She said she was so nervous to work with an attorney. She was, um, she gave me her percep- her perception of yeah. attorneys, and I was like, that's that's, that's the narrative I want to debunk because yeah. not all attorneys are like that. Um yeah. And so that's one of the things I'm very, very uh, passionate about uh, with my firm is making sure my clients know that I'm listening. I'm listening to understand. I care. Um, It's really important for me to always understand my client's story. I have to understand your um, what your brand means to you, understand your content and why. It is not just for me to provide the services and fight for you because I do use that if in the event that I need to. But it's also because I want my clients to be heard. I want them Mm -hmm. to feel heard. I want them to feel like they matter. So my firm would never get to the point where it's a meal because I don't want my clients to ever come to my office and say, I just feel like another dollar sign. Yeah. Well, that's, and to me, like that's hallmarks of purpose, right? So like purpose is a service. Mm -hmm. Purpose isn't about you. Yes, it's your 
execution. It's uh-huh. you executing something in the world, but purpose in its entire in its entirety is a service to others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why it is your purpose. It's so that you can go out and affect others, so you can change, so you can help, you know, so you can serve. And mm-hmm. so, like when I hear you say, "Well, I mean, it's it's for these other people. It's to do this service." Like, of course it is, and of course it's your purpose to be able to help people in that way. And mm-hmm. that's it's so so crucial, you yeah. know, for. To, to, to be that person that holds the hand of others. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've gone through so many things, I mean, just we all have, right? Like it's life. Let's start talking about lessons here today. Mm-hmm. And I know like as you and I prepared for this um, in the last few weeks, I consistently say to you, you can plan whatever you want to plan for your lesson, but mm-hmm. I want it to be authentic for you in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. So let's get into your lesson. Mm-hmm. What is the lesson that you either consistently are learning over and over or is there something you're learning right now in real time that's just Mm -hmm. like coming through for you today that you're like this is what I need to talk about Mm -hmm. today um I don't have to fit into anyone else's mode Mm. and I think that has been my biggest Achilles heel Mm. is trying to fit into this mode of what everybody else sees of me or mm. the, uh, the the vision that I want others to have of me, what they think I should be, how I should be doing things. And so now I'm shifting into, it's okay to be a disruptor, right? Mm. You don't have to fit into anybody's mode. You do what makes you happy, how it makes you happy. And whatever that looks like, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, even in my personal life, you know, um, everybody, when they say something to me or when they reach out to me or when they do give those words of confirmation is always you're strong. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I see what you're doing. You're, you're, you're do everything so perfectly and you know, all of that. And I never remember, I never forget. I had a conversation with a friend and I went to her event and the first thing out her mouth was, you're strong. You got this. Mm. And I was like, but I don't want to be that superhero. I don't want to <laughs> fit into that mode. I don't yeah. want you to say I'm a strong woman so I can handle it. I don't want to hear that because I don't want to be strong. Right. I don't want to fit into that strong woman cape. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in my professional career, fitting into that mode of what an attorney looks like. Yeah. I don't want to fit into that. I want to be a yeah. disruptor. I want to disrupt the legal industry and what that looks like. I yeah. want to disrupt what practicing law looks like. Yeah. And so me just getting out of this season of being perfect and fitting into modes that was never created for me and creating my own. Yeah. One that truly fits me, uh, my purpose, my passion, and just who I want to be and yeah. how I want to live. Yeah. That really speaks to me because like that has to me, like notes of identity, mm-hmm. you know, when we, tr- and this is for you and I both, like, yes, you went into, you know, into law firms. I went into, I went into newsrooms, mm-hmm. right? And like, there's a mold for a news anchor and you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to look this way. Your hair needs to be this way. You need to talk this way, laugh this way, say these things. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, you will have a job, you will make more money when you fit this mold, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to the point, you said it was after seven years mm-hmm. that you were like, this mold isn't mine. Yeah. And so you started to push that mold out a little yeah. bit and create your own stuff. <laughs> and now you're doing it again. Like you're in your own lane and you're doing it even more. Is it like you're kind of pouring yourself into it and going, this mold still isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. I got to push it here. I got to push it there. Yep, where, are you, exactly. where are you pushing yourself to try to like really Ooh. expand yeah. that? Um, and that's something that I'm still brainstorming. Yeah. What does 
my next mode looks like because I do believe that a mode can change. You don't have to stay in the same mode forever. And so what does my next mode look like? What, how do I see my firm? How do I see my practice? What do I see myself doing? And one of the things that popped into my head is I want to speak more. I want to speak on stages more. I want to educate more. Um, And so that kind of goes beyond sitting behind my desk, just practicing law, but going, doing so on a larger scale, being able to educate. um, That's another, I guess you can say pillar um, or, Value um, of my firm is education because we don't do, just in life in general, we don't do what we don't know we're supposed to do, right? And so education is really big for me. Even if a client, if if you're not my client, I still want to make sure that you're educated on these things. And so um, just the past couple of weeks, I've been in that season of, okay, what does my mode look like? Where do I see myself disrupting next? And just making sure it feels good because even now in three years of my firm, there are some changes that need to be made because it's no longer suited. What I thought or how I thought I wanted things in the beginning is no longer what that vision looks like for me today. And so I am definitely in a season of breaking that mode. And this time I want to be very intentional with it. I want to take my time with it. I want to make sure that when I do step into this next season, it's a place that brings me peace. Mm. What isn't bringing you peace right now? Um, Hmm. It's this this idea that I have of not just being perfect, but doing it myself. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to me being overworked, overwhelmed, oh, yeah. and I'm yeah. working way too much. And that's yeah. not the life I want. I could go back to work for these firms if yeah. that's – and I want to be able to spend more time with family and friends and not just always be tired and, you know, stressed out. And I so, do. Yeah. I do know. Yeah, and I'm like – I just want to be able to create something that allows me to do what I am passionate of doing, passionate about doing professionally, but also what I enjoy doing in my personal life. Mm, are you trying to figure out what to spin off and delegate? Yes. And what doesn't have to be perfect? Like, so yes. retain the things that you love that require perfection and then Delegating is hard because it's hard yeah, to it find the right help and yeah. people that you can trust. And that's been one of my obstacles is finding individuals that are with me for the long haul that mm. I can delegate things. So I had one great person, but unfortunately they had to leave me. <laughs> um, so it's been a journey. Yeah. Um, but that's something that I'm really working hard on is delegating more so that I can free up my time to do what I feel is my purpose and passion. Mm. I find it interesting that like that you that you're so focused on educating people. You I perceive you as someone who educates women. Would mm-hmm. I be right? Like your target is creative women. I'm sure mm-hmm. you would work with anyone, right? Yeah, I have clients of all genders, you know, but <laughs> majority of of my clients are women, yes. Yeah. And I, I feel like where do you think women, maybe even entrepreneurs or business owners, where do you think women are not being taken care of? Where do they need to be served in that space that you feel like you, you're ready to step into? Um, hmm. I think one of the things that I find coming common in a lot of my clients, especially women, is that we're just naturally hard workers, right? Yeah. And we tend to try to do things ourselves. And so even when it comes to clients working with me, it's getting them in a mindset of like taking this off your plate. Oh, girl, take your own medicine. So, I know. I know. It's crazy, right? You can... So I tell people all the time when I'm talking to people, I'm really talking to myself majority (laughs) of the time. And it's like, it's so, 
it's so funny because I can give people the message. Yeah. But I don't listen to it. What? <laughs> I need to hold the mirror up right now. You do. I need a big L- mirror. Let me <laughs> let me reflect back to you. You don't need to, sometimes mm-hmm. just because you can do yes. all of it at least doesn't mean you need to be doing all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't I mean, I would say aren't we past that? But I mean, I don't know that we're ever past <laughs> that is a journey. I'm on that journey too. Mm-hmm. And I'm actively trying to find what what do I not need to be doing what does yeah. and I find myself asking my, myself the question does it matter if I do this uh-huh. and does it matter if it's perfect or not because that's where I mean literally you are speaking to me because this uh-huh. is the same thing I struggle with does this matter if it's perfect if the answer is yes then I'm gonna do it yeah but if it doesn't matter uh-huh. or if it's okay or like it's not really going to change the experience of a person like getting this content, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then I can spend that off someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or I can just not do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Does it even have to be done? Like I've been given, been giving myself a lot of permission on stuff that doesn't need to be done. Uh So is that a question that maybe you should be asking yourself right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Should I be counseling and coaching you right now? Yes. Because this this is repeating what um, (laughs) the conversation I had with my mentor last week. And that was one thing that she told me. She said, tell me what your current headaches are. Mm. And so I told her and she said, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple of pointers. And one of her pointers was you need to delegate more. Whatever does not literally require your hands, your Mm -hmm. experience, your knowledge to touch, take it off your plate. Release it. Let it go. Do you know the term zone of genius? Yes. Yeah. Like this is like everything is probably my zone of genius. That's my (laughs) problem. Because going back to what you said, just because I can just because I can do it, I feel like, you know, I should sometimes. Now, there are some things that I won't try to do. Like the legal stuff, the stuff in my law firm, yeah, but everything else that has nothing to do with law, that's not my zone of genius. So I'm very aware of those things. I would delegate, <laughs> I would find somebody, I would pay somebody. But when it comes to um, client work or the processing of, of doing the work for the clients, sometimes I get caught up in mm-hmm. doing that myself because... Is it because you care so much? I you do. like really want it to be good for a person? I do. Client experience is really big for me. And I don't want nobody going, I don't want to go viral because somebody's talking about me on the internet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want negative Google reviews. Well, um, but it's hard. I feel like you you are at a spot in your business where you are ready to grow, mm-hmm. but you can't grow unless you allow yourself to grow, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes, yes you're not really a startup anymore like you've been doing this long enough mm-hmm. let me coach you and counsel you for a minute you've yeah. been doing this long enough girl you don't need you there are things that to go to mm-hmm. the next level in terms of being able to like increase your capacity or to be able to uh amp up the things that you love in your life like more time with family and mm-hmm. more time with friends you need to spend some stuff off yeah right? i think that may be another lesson i'm learning currently because that message has been what's been ringing in my head literally for the past three weeks. Mm. And so that's what I, I've i been working on is getting to that place where I am internally okay with yeah. with delegating it and trusting the people that I delegate it to. Mm. Like trusting the tools that I give them, trusting the trainings that I give them, and just giving them the opportunity to do it. So that's, And to do it r- right. And to do it and right. Do, yeah, do it to well. do it right. Because I don't like to micromanage. Mm. Right. I don't if I have to micromanage, I might as well do it myself. That's my way of thinking. And so that is I guess you can say that's that is a current lesson that I'm learning is in order for me to to become right. 
I have to let things be, meaning mm. take mm. it off of my plate. I like and that. that's that's where I am right now. Because I do want that for myself, and I know that's the hardest thing for me to do. And so I'm really working internally to get to that place. I love that. To let things become, or or to allow myself to become, I have to let things be. Mm -hmm. I like that. Maybe that's the title of the episode. (laughs) Oh, I like that, too. It kind of rings now that you say it. That's nice. Well, you said it. You said it. I was like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And you're celebrating your birthday month right now. So yes, <laughs> yes. Tell, tell me how celebration plays into like just because I feel like people don't celebrate enough. Like we mm-hmm. don't celebrate enough things. Like mm-hmm. we don't celebrate when a day was really, really great or something is over. We we celebrate birthdays, yeah, mm-hmm. and holidays, but like we don't celebrate things in our own lives that yeah. mark like either accomplishments or endings or beginnings. Mm-hmm. I don't celebrate myself. Mm. And that's why when it comes to my birthday month, I use that as an opportunity to do that. Um, I don't want to say my nickname, but I call the month of October Tootober. It's a play on my nickname and the month of October. And I tell people all the time, yes, I use the month to spend time with family and friends because we don't get to do it often throughout the year, but I really use this month to celebrate myself because I don't celebrate myself enough. I don't yeah. celebrate even my small wins. I don't, yeah. I don't. And so I use this opportunity to do so. And sometimes it's hard because even when it's my birthday month, I still try to make sure everybody else around me yeah. is good. They're having a good time. And you know, <laughs> all of that, I don't really allow it. Sometimes I do, but not often do I truly allow it to be all about me because while I'm celebrating myself, I want to celebrate the people that mean the most to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why my birthday month is a full month of activities and just doing whatever I want to do because for the other 11 months, I don't pat myself on the back I much. Know. Do you feel like you have to fight? Fight how? Well, like here, here's the thing. Like I, I listen to your stories and I, and I just get this sense of like someone who is always fighting to get like and I'm not saying as an achievement but Mm -hmm. fighting like you see so clearly the vision you have for yourself Mm -hmm. that you're like I have to get there Mm -hmm. and so it's like this fight to get there and like this uh, doggedness of like I'm just gonna keep going Mm -hmm. right like um, that's how I mean it does that feel true for you yeah because I do have this vision of where I see the different like different areas of my life. And so I do work towards those things. But that often comes at my own detriment because uh-huh. I'm trying to get there, right? Yeah. And sometimes I try to get there fast mm. versus just realizing that just because you have this vision doesn't mean that it has to come to fruition now. Yeah, yeah. It can take three years. It can mm. take five years, but it's going to come. So you don't have to stress mm. yourself out or overwork yourself in this season to get to a place that you probably won't see until five years from now. And so now you've spent the last five years just pushing and going and going, and then you could have been living in your soft life (laughs) for those five years. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because this also is like a – I feel like this is a mini lesson that I'm also learning in real time, Mm the same thing. Like I have such a clear vision. I'm not kidding. I've got this vision of myself. Have I told you this? I've got this vision of myself – in a tropical island. Did I, did I tell you this? No. no. Okay. I've got a vision of myself on a tropical island. Um, I don't know why, but it's like for anyone who's listening, St. John uh, is like mountainous. It's in the Virgin mm. Islands. It's mountainous. And it's mostly like 90 or 95% of this island is um, 
uh, like a nature conservancy. So it's uh -huh. like it's undeveloped. So there are a couple of places that are developed and then there are houses, but it's mountainous. So you can be like up kind of like in this mountain, but looking down at the ocean and a beautiful crystal blue water. And so I have this vision of myself in St. John sitting on a patio on a mountain looking down, but I'm in shorts and a tee because it's <laughs> like, you know, you're close to the equator. Yeah. And I'm like just typing on a laptop, tippy type, typing away. Mm -hmm. And I see it so clearly. And all the things that that represents for me is, is just ease. Mm -hmm. it, it represents mm -hmm. like... I can just yeah. go. And so like I struggle to say, wow, I'm forcing, I'm working so hard to get to this place where I have this like, I can just go. Yeah. Because right now all I do is work. Yes. And so like how, <laughs> it's like this dichotomy of like uh -huh. stopping working next mm -hmm. to working too hard. Yes. And so like, because I, I just feel that. So I recognize mm -hmm. that in you, like striving so – I don't want to say striving because it almost has a, like a negative connotation. But like seeing so clearly the vision you have, mm -hmm. working so hard to get there, and and having to remind yourself mm -hmm. to stop. You've already – you already believe it. You already spoke it. Yes. You already know it's coming. Mm -hmm. So stop. Just stop. Yeah. There's nothing I can you. do now that will get me to there any faster if now is not the time. Yeah. Um, and so – I just have to remember that, right? You yeah. don't want to rush into things because when you rush into things, it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be anyway. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it won't be – it's not supposed to be of you. Like yes. you're not supposed to like force it into existence. Yes. It's supposed to just come. Yeah, it's supposed to come when the timing is right because maybe I'm not ready for it. Mm. And I have to tell myself that too. Just because you want something doesn't mean you're ready for it. And mm. it is funny because I told one of my uh, girlfriends and I said – actually, I was at a conference earlier this week. And I, it was one of my colleagues, and I told her, I said, oftentimes we pray for the increase, but are we really ready for it? Because we can keep praying and keep asking for something, and, you know, it's just like, okay, well, fine, I'm, I'm just going to give it to you. And then it blows up because you weren't ready for it. Yeah. And so those messages are things that I consistently replay in my head and say, when the timing is right, when the season is perfect, it will be done. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when you're in the moment because yeah. you're just you see it yeah. and you're just trying to get there. And I just really want to get to a place where I'm okay with knowing that I'm working towards it mm -hmm. and it may not come tomorrow. Yeah. But then that's the other amazing thing that I'm starting to learn and embrace myself right now, which is like we think of time in this very linear way, right? Mm -hmm. Like we understand time. We wear our watches, we see it on our phone. We like for me, like I'm in I am so acutely aware of time mm -hmm. in newscasts, newscaster to the second. Yes. So like I I'm very aware of time uh -huh. and we all are. But that's the thing I think when you start being heart-centered, soul-led, you start go, you start having these visions of like where your life is going, where you're heading. Uh -huh. Time is no longer linear at mm. that point. That's good. It's, it's not, it's not linear. It's Things can just pop in and drop in. Yeah. Like just because you think something's five years down the road, uh -huh. maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. So like I, I just love the message right now that that you're kind of pouring out, which is like, mm -hmm. let's just let's just rest in whatever yeah. it is that we're calling in. Let's just let's just rest <laughs> in this. That's let's we're rest going to in church. This. Yes. <laughs> and I I like to I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I don't really talk about like transparent things, right? So everybody else are going to be like, oh, wow, this is what you've been thinking. This is what's been going on. Because again, 
They see me as, oh, this strong. Elise, you're strong. You yeah. always got it together. You're and always doing the, the you're darn You're a business thing. owner, yeah. right? Like business owner, attorney. Mm-hmm. You're helping so many people like protect themselves. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, we have this idea, the mold, right? Like yeah. we have this idea of what that looks like and, and what maybe your goals are. But your goals are different, Elise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm just loving getting to the place where I realize that a lot of my overwhelm and overworking is 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 because of me. Ooh, it's because of me. That's a rich vein. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people can, a lot of people can feel that. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like the questions are so important. So like when we feel overwhelmed, because like I feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. at that. At points. Yeah. And I have to pull myself back and go, well, first of all, why? Mm-hmm. So instead of like just basking in the overwhelm and like playing it record player over my mind, mm-hmm. okay, why do I feel this way? And then we go back to like assessing the things that you're doing. Yeah. Do or we, not doing. Or not doing. Mm-hmm. Do you need to do them? Do they have to be done at all? Does it have to be done in this certain way? Yeah. What does it does it really matter? Like that's the question I find myself asking. Yeah. Like, does it really matter? Uh huh. Does it matter? Yeah. Does it, does this does make it a really difference? Mm-hmm. Certainly. Again, in your law, <laughs> it does matter. Oh, it's right? so stressful. Like, it's like perfect. you're always on edge. Like <laughs> you're always but on edge. Everything else probably doesn't matter, Elise. Yeah. 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 It doesn't. That's why I enjoy my personal life. Um, <laughs> So when I get to be around good energy, good people, I get to have fun, I'm enjoying the moment. I very seldom have my phone out. You know, people like to take pictures and videos while they're out. Mm -hmm. That's not me because I'm literally enjoying the moment because despite me being a professional and this attorney, right, I am a human and I love to have a good time. Is that how you recharge, going out and being with people and just connecting with people you love? Is that your recharge? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Even even if it's not going out, even if it's just having company or going over someone else's house, just being able to take my mind off of being a, being an attorney. Yeah. 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 Sometimes <laughs> I know it's your real life, but sometimes does it feel like not real life? Uh, what? Being an attorney? Yeah. Like yeah. Staring it, at papers all day, like writing words. Yeah. And like crafting. having my own firm doesn't seem like real life. Like I like, wait a minute. I, I really do have a law firm. Like, is this real? <laughs> am, am I dreaming? Like, somebody pinch me. Elise so, McKnight Esquire. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. And it's so, my mom is so cute. Whenever she mails me anything, she addresses it as Elise McKnight Esquire. Aww. And I love it. It is so precious. She, well, I'm sure she's so freaking proud of yes. you. Yes. Right? Because you've done something no one else has done in your family. Like, yeah. you, that takes heart. That takes mm-hmm. courage. You know, to mm-hmm. step out even when people are like, maybe, you know, and they're 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 saying things to you because they love you and they don't want to see you get hurt. Yes. And so they're like, hey, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you want to do that? And you're like, yeah, nope, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't, don't know the outcome, but I'm feeling pretty good that this is what I'm supposed this to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I think oftentimes, too, a lot of comments from like uh, not just family but friends or concerns of these individuals – they're speaking because they don't know your truth. Mm. And so I've never talked to anybody about my experience of my legal career, like the details of my legal career, like why I quit my job. And so Mm. for me to just up and quit my job randomly, I expected them to be like, wait a minute, what's happening? Why? What's going on? What, you know, because they don't know the reason why. And so I wasn't shocked by family, friends. It's like, are you sure? Because even with friends, they're like, you're gonna quit a job without having a backup? Like, yeah. who does that? And I was well, like, you had well, money, me. right? Like you had saved, right? You'd yeah. said you'd started to save some money so that you could at least be 
You but know? you know what? <laughs> I was saving, not knowing that this was what I was going to do, but mm. it it worked out perfectly. And it really did give me the time to decompress yeah. and then think about what my next step will be yeah. and make sure that that next step was right for me. How has it been for you being able to control your environment, like control the energy that you're around? Because like, I imagine, I mean, I've been into law firms before for stories to interview attorneys, mm-hmm. and they, they always strike me. There's just, there's just such an interesting energy there because you've got, you're, you've got rooms full of people who believe they know everything, mm-hmm. and then you've got rooms full of people who are there for the service, and they're either at, in their worst time or they you know, certainly, like, if it's personal injury or if it's someone who's out for someone else, like, mm-hmm. there's been some kind of trauma or issue, and they're trying to, like, right wrongs and... And so you're dealing with a lot of people all the time at a lot of different places in their lives. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like outside looking in, look at that and go, gosh, that was that probably really impacted you. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite of being able to have your own firm control control the environment, what has that experience been for you? Um, it's actually been a warm experience because I literally get to choose my clients. Mm. I didn't get that opportunity maybe for four years of before in that seven year period Mm -hmm. for four of those years, I didn't get to choose Mm -hmm. um, who I work with. And so it wasn't always a pleasant experience. Um, I've had to put my foot down um, oftentimes, um, but being able to have my own firm and choose my clients or my clients choose me, that's a better way to put it because they don't have to choose me. I'm just, I'm a small firm. I'm not one of these big law firms, you know, it's just like, why trust her, you know? And so we get to choose each other. And oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients, we do kind of get into personal things. So it's not always business. Sometimes we, we're, we, I call for five minutes and we're talking about your case. And next thing you know, it's been an hour and we're talking (laughs) about everything else. Um, And so it's, it's definitely been, um, exciting to be able to control that. If there's an energy that I don't like, I can shut it down. We out. Yeah. <laughs> she I, gone. I can I can shut it down. Um, <laughs> I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and that's a relief for me, that yeah. I don't have to deal with something that doesn't feel good in my spirit. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I feel like that's, that's a, another rich vein, like because so many people get themselves into situations where they think they have to just – they have to deal with it, whether it's a, a client they don't love or a you know situation they don't they just don't love. But they're mm-hmm. like, well, I still have to, I still have to, I still have to do this. Yeah, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't, or maybe you could create a situation that you have the ability to say no. Yeah, yeah. That's that requires an awareness. I also think that's growing up too. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like you take. I know for me, like. In my 20s, I took way more crap than I do now. Now I'm like, hard pass. Nope, stop. Mm-mm. And I feel like yeah. I feel like situations situations don't even come to me anymore that are like that are gonna no. you know they just don't even come to me because it's like I have a, my husband says sometimes I have a giant fu on my forehead. <laughs> I love it. I'm like good. You know, sometimes I can have an RBF, so maybe that's my little. <laughs> My little red flag to keep it away. Just, oh, I see RBF. Let me just turn the other way. Where is it in the eyes or is it in the is it in the is you it know, in the eyebrows? I or? think it's in my eyebrows. When I was in uh, middle school, I was in a band, and anytime I like frowned up or wanted to sh- make a face, I I frowned and I had this really deep V right here. And my band teacher would always look at me. He'd be like, and I'm like, okay, okay, let me let me fix my forehead. Um, but luckily, I have not ran into. Anybody that has even contacted my office, whether they've been a client or not, 
Nobody has contact, contacted my office that has given me bad energy. Oh, and I'm so grateful and thankful for that. I've had some funny people reach out. It's like, okay, you reached out to me. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like your disdain for my process or whatever. Like, okay. <laughs> um, but as far as the people that I've actually gotten to speak with and work with, everybody has been pleasant. I'm like... Oh. What did I do to deserve this? No, I am so you, grateful. You stepped out and yeah. you created an you you stepped out to follow your own purpose, you mm-hmm. know, what you were being called to do. And then you created a service for other people, which again is purpose mm-hmm. when you're acting in service of others. And so people find you, the right people find you. Yeah. I just I feel like y- your present day, your story is just an um, it's another affirmation of what purpose looks like, you mm-hmm. know, and the lessons we learn on the way to purpose. That's what this is, yeah. you know, like you can still be in pursuit of purpose. You can still be on your path and still have things you are always learning, mm-hmm. you know, like purpose is not like go out Indiana Jones style and get chalice <laughs> of Christ and like, I found it, you know, yeah. here it is. <laughs> That's not that's not what it is. Yeah. Like it's a con- it's a consistent journey. It's a consistent mm-hmm. path. It's trusting once here, mm-hmm. trusting again here, mm-hmm. and then the next day trusting again. Like I'm on the path. I'm mm-hmm. on this way. This I'm following my heart toward in this direction, and yes. you're doing it. And it's definitely trusting yourself, right? Knowing that you're worthy, knowing that you're doing great, knowing that you have value. So it does take a lot of self awareness too, because. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really know what your true purpose is, right? Yeah. But it's like you you think this is your purpose, but what if your purpose is greater, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is my purpose. Starting my law firm and being accessible to creatives and having this message. Maybe this is my purpose, but what if it's something greater yeah. that I don't know? And so just really— It probably is. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I'm like, oh, it's something greater. I can see this thing being something greater. Yeah. Um, but it really does take a lot of, like you said— trusting this, trusting yeah. you and trusting and knowing that you're worth because even in entrepreneurship or even in just working a job, um, when you're surrounded by other people and you're looking at them, right? You're looking at their journeys or where they are, a little bit of imposter syndrome sits mm-hmm. in. And so that kind of defeats you a little bit on your path to purpose, on your path to really walking in your passion. And you just got to go back to trusting yeah. yourself, trusting in who you are, know that you have it, know that it's already within you. And you can't compare your now yeah. to someone's now because you're not in the same you're place diff- where they are. Yeah. yeah, these are different Yeah, paths. these are people that been doing stuff maybe longer than you or took a different journey yeah. and their journey is not your journey. And so yeah. you really have to to be to be secure and faithful in yourself. I look at imposter syndrome as I look at it as another opportunity to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I look at that and go, what about this situation makes you think you don't belong? Yeah. Why do you think you don't belong mm-hmm. here? Because I, I look at it and say, you are in this moment. You belong here. Yeah. You're, and you leave this room, you're going to go somewhere else. You belong there. Yeah. Nothing about your path is wrong. You're mm-hmm. on the right path always. Yep. You belong in that moment. So rest in it mm-hmm. and have confidence in it. You belong here. So like imposter syndrome is an interesting one for me um, because I, I mean, I just, I, personally, I have worked so hard for everything I have mm-hmm. that I'm like, Oh no! I deserve this. Yeah. I de- actually, I deserve more. So when you're ready, <laughs> when you're ready, right here. I'm, I'm here. I'm just waiting. You know. And so I, I mean, like golly, I'd say like put your shoulders back, like stand mm-hmm. up taller, stand up straighter, be 
confident in what you're bringing today. You belong here. I tell people, I used to tell people, I am the table, right? So I don't walk in any room to sit at anybody's table. I am the table. (laughs) And I really didn't experience imposter syndrome until I became an entrepreneur because it was still confusing times for me. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I'm just looking at everybody else's journey and it's like, oh, they're they're here, they're there, but... They've been entrepreneurs longer than I have, right? Yeah. And so I can't compare where I am now with them. So that's really when it when it set in. But all those other years of practicing law, I walked into every courtroom, every every room, like I belong here, like yeah. I'm here because I've also had to experience. Are you a lawyer? Yeah. Or right? is that really you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've had to experience that. So I've always walked into rooms with my head, my um, head held up, and often and sometimes um, when I'm the only black in a room, right? Hey, that's get difficult. I work for a firm and we had multiple offices and I was literally the only black attorney. So that was a lot of stress. Male or female? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That was a lot of stress and, and pressure on me because I don't know why, but I felt like I was a representation yeah. of everybody to come after me. And I'm not going to be I'm not going to tell a story. Some days I walked into the rooms and I felt like I had to prove myself. Yeah. I still had the confidence like I belong here because why else am I here, right? Yeah. Or maybe I was there for a token. Who knows? But I'm here and you're going to you, know that I'm here. Yeah. So And you were probably overprepared to make sure you were proving yourself every single day to any of the haters or mm-hmm. the doubters. Yeah. Until it got to the point where I said, "Why do I feel like I have to prove myself?" Mm. If I have to feel like that, I really don't want to be here. Yeah, because yeah. you have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. Girl. Like, <laughs> like you I, said, I've worked hard. To, I've worked really hard to get yeah. here. And nobody will ever be able to come up to me and, and make me feel like I yeah. don't belong. Right. Oh, I love that. I'm feeling empowered right now. <laughs> it's like, yes. This is like, this is the message everybody needs to hear. This mm-hmm. is because I, we do this to ourselves. That's the whole thing is like no one else is putting that on you. No. I mean, they might be, but I, I doubt it. No one else is putting it on you, though. Like mm-hmm. you're putting it on yourself. Walk into that room mm-hmm. and know what you bring. Like this is what I bring. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's not my problem. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> I'm here. Maybe some of us are here to trigger people. Maybe some of us are here to like buck the, uh, the, the trends. Maybe mm-hmm. some of us are here to be disruptors, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those of us who just really step in our step into our uh, authenticity mm-hmm. in like an, an incredibly unapologetic way yes are so powerful mm-hmm. because we give everybody else permission to step into their like yes. authenticity mm-hmm. unapologetically unapologetically and we have to do the same thing so I'm always talking to myself <laughs> and it's so funny you called me out I was like you just stepped all on my toes it's like I need a mirror yeah because I do that I will tell people what what they need to hear because it's what they're supposed to hear, but I'm not listening to myself. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time to take the medicine, girl. This is yeah, the medicine. Time I'm going to take a big dose when I walk up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Elise, are there any parting words that you feel like you should add to this conversation that people need to hear from you today? Um, I would probably say just do it afraid. Mm. Because I know so many people are unhappy with where they are, but the fear of the unknown keeps us stagnant. It keeps Mm -hmm. us in that same space. Even if it doesn't work, you can always go back, but try it. Do it. Do it afraid, and it's okay. And lean on your people. Mm -hmm. Um, People are here to support you. It may not seem like it, but sometimes you just got to ask. Yeah. You know, a closed (laughs) mouth don't get fed. (laughs) 
I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, and I'm I'm Southern. We have all kinds of sayings. <laughs> yeah, I've never a closed mouth don't get fed. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Do Please, it afraid. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Great job. <laughs> oh, great job. Give me a How empowered do you feel right now? I recorded that episode and then didn't review it until several weeks later. And when I sat down to put it together, I had completely forgotten what we had talked about. So I kind of like went in blind. But when I was listening back, I was laughing out loud and I was talking back to the recording like I was a third member. (laughs) Elise is living with purpose. She has a vision for her life and how she's going to help people who are living their purpose too. It's just amazing. And you heard me say it in the interview, but true purpose is always a service to others. She's doing that. And I bet you are too. So I want to hear from you. Email me with how this episode impacted you. Lauren at Amstigator.com. I'm always excited to get your messages and learn about what you're getting from Amstigator. Coming up next week, the final episode of 2022. It's going to be episode 44. We're going to talk about the seasonality of creativity. And for me, Amstigator is creative expression. And I have to take time away to reconnect with the intention that I have for this project for 2023. Unless I get still, unless I get quiet, I can't serve you in the way that you deserve. So we're going to talk through seasonality next week in the final episode of 2022, episode 44. As you go through the week, I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. Amstigator.